Fair sends a letter to UC Board on Admissions and Relations with Schools. Is truth objective and discoverable, or subjective and relative? And why Colette Colfer believes gender identity theory is fundamentally religious in nature? Welcome to Fair News Weekly. To read all of the articles discussed in this podcast, please visit this podcast episode description. On May 3rd, Fair sent a letter to the University of California's Board of Admissions on Relations with Schools, BORS, urging BORS to reject its proposal of adding an ethnic studies course requirement for admissions to the University of California school system. If ultimately passed by the UC Board of Regents, the proposal would take effect for admissions during the 2030 school year and would effectively amount to a mandate for California public and likely private high schools to adopt ethnic studies course requirements. The Boers' proposal being considered contains divisive, political, and sectarian content which cannot lawfully be taught in public schools under California law. FAIR supports ethnic studies courses that teach pro-human principles of diversity, equity, and inclusion, and that honor and respect differences between individuals while celebrating our common humanity. The UC Boers will convene on May 6 to consider the proposal and the public comments received and will vote to either reject or pass the proposal for the next phase of consideration. On our Substack, Hillary Miller wrote about a story of two men who were neighbors in Pennsylvania, Julius Styler, a Lithuanian Jew, and Jonas Tamakas, a Lithuanian emigre. The former was Hillary's great-grandfather, who fled Europe in 1949 during the Holocaust. The latter, who was originally believed to be an ordinary immigrant from Lithuania, turned out to be a Nazi war criminal. Miller tells how the United States Office of Special Investigations, known as the Nazi Hunting Unit, has powerfully impacted Holocaust memory and victims' healing for its commitment to truth-seeking, accountability, and justice. Miller states, I believe the OSI story reflects all that is righteous and good about this deeply flawed country, traits that are either overlooked, dismissed, or rejected entirely in our cultural and political discourse today. The OSI reminds me that America's many corrective tools like fact-finding and truth-seeking and its institutional values of accountability and justice count for something. On our Substack, Gabrielle Brown wrote about her acting class and what it taught her about identity. In the first week of class, for an ice-breaking exercise, the acting coach asked everyone in the class to describe who you are in three words. When the question came to Brown, she responded, Kind, sister, enthusiastic. Another woman, when asked, said, Lesbian, Jewish, smoker. The coach then responded, No, you can't be any of those things. You can't. The room got silent and tense. The coach then went on to demonstrate that such labels don't describe who you are, but only what you are, in a very narrow sense. Brown states, In that moment, sitting in that poorly ventilated room, I felt more empowered and clear-headed than ever before. I realized that my life cannot be reduced to these labels placed upon me or those that I had placed upon myself. No, I am an active player in my life and my choices make up who I am. For the Center for Inquiry, Fair Advisor Angel Eduardo wrote about the popular portrayal of so-called wokeness as a new secular religion and even the claim that it has arisen due to the West's increasing rejection of traditional religions. Many, though not all, who ascribe to this line of thinking often advocate for re-embracing the religions of yesterday as an antidote to the excesses of wokeness, 
but Eduardo believes this is not the best path forward, because trading dogma for dogma is no solution at all. Eduardo says, I happen to know that we can find meaning, community, and connection without believing a single thing on insufficient evidence, hating a single human being, or devolving into factions of rancor and division. I know because I've done it, and I'm far from alone. All it takes is an acknowledgement of what we know is true about the world around us and a broader perspective on what makes us human. For Newsweek, high school senior Daniel Adfresne wrote about the record levels of anxiety, depression, and even suicide that he and his friends are experiencing in the wake of COVID lockdowns. In order to go beyond the statistics, Adfresne interviewed several of his friends to find out more about why they are so engulfed with despair. His friend Ella experienced deep loneliness during lockdowns, and her grades rapidly deteriorated as a result. Another friend, Eric, suffered not only mentally but physically as well, without the ability to interact with his friends. And Noah, a 17-year-old student athlete from Brooklyn, turned to alcohol and smoking. Idfresne says, Teenagers like Noah, Eric, and Ella deserve an explanation as to how the adults in charge allowed this to happen to us. We deserve an apology, and we deserve a plan. How is this crisis of loneliness, depression, and suicide going to be addressed? For Arrow, Fort Lewis College philosophy professor Justin McBrayer wrote about the troubling shift he has witnessed in philosophy, from the notion that truth is objective and discoverable to the idea that it is subjective and relative. He describes this as a shift from talking about the truth and moving towards talking about my truth and your truth. Lewis points out that this view is incompatible with a belief in the utility of intellectual diversity, since diverse perspectives only matter because they are perspectives on something. According to Lewis, if there's nothing to have a perspective on, perspectives are intellectual deadweight. Bringing people from different backgrounds and walks of life together to share their perspectives won't help you think more accurately about the world unless there is really a world out there to think about. For Barry Weiss's Substack Common Sense, billionaire Mike Solana wrote about Elon Musk's takeover of Twitter and the backlash it has caused. Solana described the initial response as appearing like a incoherent fury with no consensus motive. Even though Musk had explicitly purchased Twitter to promote free speech, many became convinced that he would use it to censor opposing views. There were even accusations of racism. According to Solana, Musk's critics are upset about his stated goal of guaranteeing freedom of political dissent, which Musk considers essential to a functioning democracy. Ultimately, Solana is optimistic that Musk will improve Twitter and our culture by upholding the right to free speech, which he says doesn't come without a fight. For Broadsheet, Colette Colfer, a lecturer in world religions at Waterford Institute of Technology, wrote about why she believes gender identity theory is fundamentally religious in nature. Colfer's method of studying religions uses a phenomenological perspective, which requires her to compartmentalize her personal beliefs in order to form an objective understanding of a religion from a believer's perspective. However, she has experienced roadblocks when trying to use this method to study gender identity theory. Colfer says, People from all these religions and belief systems permitted me to enter their worlds with no compulsion on me to participate or to believe. Yet today, in Ireland, when it comes to gender identity theory, it is becoming difficult to adopt the phenomenological perspective, as there is increasing pressure to accept this theory uncritically. 
While Colfer believes gender identity theory may be akin to a new religion, she is quick to point out that this label is not meant as a denigration. According to Colfer, she understands that gender identity is real for people who believe in it. For Tablet, Ugo Bardi, a professor of physical chemistry at the University of Florence, Italy, wrote about civilizations as complex systems and explains why the more complex the system, the faster it tends to collapse. While he believes the civilization collapse is inevitable, he suggests our goal should be to slow it down enough to prolong our happiness. Ugo goes on to list several potential steps we could take to stave off collapse, but says that, in the end, it may well be that some collapses are unavoidable. It is the way the universe gets rid of old things to replace them with new ones. So, we have to just accept that things may go wrong, as they often do. The Educators' Alliance is growing. We are actively working to spread the pro-human message throughout schools and classrooms across our country in the expansion of the Educators' Alliance with a Fair Administrators' Alliance, a Fair Libraries Working Group, and a Fair Independent School Strategy Working Group. If you're a K-12 administrator and would like to join our Administrators' Alliance, please email educators at fairforall.org. If you work in a library, are concerned with recent trends in your field, or would like to join our Fair Libraries Working Group to share resources and create a strategy to address the pressing issues facing libraries and their staff, please email libraries at fairforall.org for more information. If you're a parent of an independent school student and would like to join our independent school strategy working group to address the unique needs of parents and students in K-12 independent schools, please email educators at fairforall.org. Stay tuned to the Fair Educators Alliance webpage for more updates. Link in the description. We want our Fair Substack to be the go-to publication for people interested in sharing and reading diverse perspectives on culture and civil rights. Whether you're a seasoned author or an amateur writer with a story that can contribute to our mission of promoting fairness, understanding, and humanity, we would love to receive your stories, opinions, investigations, reviews, interviews, and more. Please submit your piece to submissions at fairforall.org. We hope to hear from you. Finally, if you liked this podcast, subscribe, share it with a friend, and leave us a rating and review. Make sure to check out our newsletter and weekly roundup to read more into any of this week's stories, or visit the episode description. Donations are always welcome at fairforall.org donate.